friends, and welcome to the happy hour. My name is Jamie Ivy, and I'm your host today and every week. If this is your first week, I want to say thank you for joining us. The Happy Hour Podcast is just a time when I invite another girlfriend to come on the show with me, and we really just chat about life. We chat about real stuff. So it's a time where you get to listen to real women talk about real things, and so I hope you enjoy it. Trillia Newbell is my guest today, and she's the author of United, Captured by God's Vision for Diversity, and her newest book, Fear and Faith, Finding the Peace Your Heart Craves, actually comes out this year, April 1st. Trillia is currently the Director of Community Outreach for the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Trillia is married to her best friend, Thurn, and they live with their two kids in Franklin outside of Nashville. I will have links to all of her blog, everything we talk about over on my blog, jamieivy.com, and where you can follow her on Twitter. This conversation was such a joy for me today. We talked about her book, different fears that we as women face, and we dove into some of those uh, personally for both of us. We talk about how her family is tackling the subject of race in their household. And we just had a really good time. I know you're going to love this conversation. Today's podcast is brought to you by Beauty Counter. Do you know that the United States has not passed a federal law governing the cosmetic industry since 1938? Or that our country has banned or restricted only 11 ingredients to date, while the European Union has banned close to 1,400? Beauty Counter, however, has banned over 1,500 ingredients for their products which is why I'm proud to introduce you to the most fabulous and safe skincare products for you and your family. Discover why their mission is to get safe products into the hands of everyone. For more information, visit my website, jamieivy.com. Okay, guys, here's our conversation, and I want to let you know that Trillia has said that she's going to give away two of her new books, so we'll talk more about that at the end. Also, I have some upcoming guests that I want to let you know about. Coming up is Melanie Schenkel, Trisha Davis, Melanie Dale, and Tasha Morrison. So if you know these ladies and have any questions you think it'd be fun for us to talk about, shoot me a tweet, jamie underscore ivy, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. All right, here's Julia and I chatting. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well, yeah. (laughs) Okay, are you in Nashville or Knoxville? I'm in Nashville, or I'm actually technically in Franklin. Okay. Um, But I lived in Knoxville, so a lot of people are confused, but... Two years ago, we moved to Franklin, and we love it. Oh, my goodness. I still have a 615 area code number. Oh, how funny. And I've been in Austin for six and a half years. Were you in Nashville? Yeah, my husband. We lived in Murfreesboro for five years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So we were right over there, right down. What is that? 820? 620? 65? 65. I don't know. There was some connecting road from, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Oh, okay. Oh, well, 840 or 840, something like that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We got it down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Trillia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited. I know it's like an early Monday morning. Are all your kids at school? No. Um, just one. Okay. And the other is playing in the living room while I, <laughs> I'm in the back room. So wonderful. So how old are your kids? So Weston is five, and or no, Weston is not five. Weston is eight, and Sydney is five. Yeah, I don't even know. There are only two, and I can't get them straight. It's okay. <laughs> so your eight-year-old is in school. Yes, he is in second grade. And next year, you'll have both in school. Yes, it will be so strange. <laughs> I tell you what, I've said this before, but the first time that all my kids were in school, I literally did not know what to do with myself. 
I, I yeah, I, I've talked, I've got my schedule kind of thought out, I, but one day I think it's going to be de- dedicated to cycling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be outside as much as humanly possible, but no, I'm, it's going to be so strange. It's going to be strange. It is going to be strange. I just was like, I don't even know what to do. Okay. You just mentioned cycling and I just learned this about you this morning. Okay. Uh, when I was looking at your website, do you do triathlons? Okay. So no, yes and no. I want to do triathlons, but I, um, I've just started the training process. So I am, but what I'm going to start with because of time, I think you call them duathlons or biathlons or just, it's just, it's two, two sports. Okay. So (laughs) instead of three, so I'm going to just concentrate on cycling and running Uh because swimming, I started training for it and I literally, that's all I was doing. Because it's so technical and it takes, for me, it was going to take the most amount of time to train for. Um, and I, because of lack of time and accessibility, it's just easier to bike and swim or bike and run. Bike and run. So you'll get these two down. And then do you eventually want to do a triathlon? You know, I think it would be a blast. And so I, I kind of do, but if I were to see myself in the long run, I bet I will end up doing cycling. Um, they, they have a lot of, uh, like century races and various rides, um, where you ride for like a hundred miles and crazy stuff like that. I could really see myself enjoying that, um, thoroughly. So I, it, it'll be interesting to see, but I imagine that at the end, I'll just be cycling. Okay. There's a lot of cycling here in Austin. It's like, really big and there's tons of hills and so I see people yeah. cycling on some of these roads and I'm just like keep praying a prayer for them that they make it to the top I mean it's hard it is hard my yeah it's it's incredibly hard and hills are awful so but I just I really enjoy it I, I just, do love the spin class at my local gym yeah I used to teach that um too. I was a fitness instructor for eight years so I did not know that. Yes. Learning something new every day before riding. Okay. Even before I moved to the Nashville area, uh-huh. I, um, taught group fitness classes and I helped train people and I was very, very involved, but as riding increased, something had to go. Something had to decrease. You know what? I can see that about you now that you tell me that. Yeah. You would be <laughs> such an encourager. Oh, well it was, it was incredibly fun and, and, um, it, I, it was a joy. It was a joy to get to encourage, um, men and women in their fitness and in these classes. And I just had a, a lot of fun, but I had to move on. I bet you were the nicest spin teacher ever. Since when I take spin class, some of the teachers make me a little anxious. Yeah. So I didn't, but you know, it's interesting because in a, in group fitness, you really do try to try to find your niche Mm -hmm. spinning spinning wasn't my niche because I was just kind of this like (laughs) so mine was body pump which is a weight oh I love body pump yeah I do too I was a Les Mills instructor okay and so and then body attack which is a high intensity training clap okay so I would be more of your coach you know kind of um, intense and and also the strength training so um so I didn't I didn't teach it spinning for, or I didn't teach spinning. I taught, um, cycling, but I didn't teach that for very long. (laughs) What's the difference between spin class and cycling class? 
Spinning is a brand. Okay. So, so I just wanted to be real careful not to say I was a spin instructor gotcha. because it's a, it's a brand. Okay. Yeah. But it's basically the same thing, right? Yeah. It depends on the person you talk to. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm always so confused by that. Basically, it is the same thing. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Well, see, here's my deal. It's funny that you say that this triathlon stuff because I used to be a runner. I have a really bad back, and so I can't really run much anymore. But I always thought I would love to do a triathlon. But here's the problem is I don't know how to swim, and I, I know how to ride a bike, but, like, from when I was, like, eight. So I don't really think I know how to ride a bike. I mean, I know how to swim. If you put, I can swim, but I can't swim like you swim in a race is my thing. I totally understand. You know what? It was, it was incredible. I swim like you swim, Uh except for, except for now I, I understand technique a lot more because I started taking some classes and I read some books on total immersion swimming, which Uh doesn't matter, but, (laughs) but, um, but it's, it's amazing what you can do with a few lessons and someone coaching you who knows what they're doing. I have a girlfriend here that coaches um, swim league for kids and um, students. And I have told her, I really want you to teach me to swim. Like, because without not being able to run anymore, swimming is such a good exercise. Oh, it's perfect. It's excellent because you get cardio without, mm-hmm. the, without the impact. Yep. So, so it's an, a wonderful um exercise tool. And and even if you can't swim, as in do lap mm-hmm. swimming, you could get in the pool and still do really intense cardio workout oh, with, yeah. with a least, uh, less resistant or excuse me, not resistance, but impact right. on your joints. So. Oh, last summer I had the kids at the pool and I went over to the lap pool and I'm like, I'm going to go swim some laps. You know, like I didn't care what I looked like. Yeah. I got halfway through the first lap and yeah. out of breath. I was like, this is ridiculous. I am like, I'm going to, the lifeguards are going to have to save me because I am so out of breath in the one lap. Crazy. No, it's, it's incredibly intense. Yeah. It's so <laughs> intense. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for you learning how to do that. Thanks. Man, I'm going to take swimming. This is, this is going to be on my to-do list. I'm going to get swimming lessons this summer. That's great. Yes. It's, yay. Tell me how it goes. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Okay, well, Charlie, I'm trying to remember when we first met. Oh, wait, was that probably, was that If Gathering last year, I bet? Well, no, I didn't. It, it may have been at the... Verge. Uh, Verge. Were you at Verge? I wasn't at Verge or If. <laughs> remember, we had a small group of people, women. Yes. That's, that's where I met you. Yes. There was a small gathering neck in the fall of About. leaders, and I met you there. Yes, and That's it was exactly where I met you. Maybe two years ago. Almost, <laughs> almost two years ago, yeah. It's amazing. And then I saw you again at the um, conference Maybe t- in Orlando. T- yep, yep. Gospel Coalition for Women, right? Yes. And and now. Yeah, and I think we've just connected online yeah. quite a bit, and I'm thankful for that. Yes. I really, yeah, I love watching, following you and seeing your family. Oh. Um, yeah. So and fun. When I saw you in July, we were talking about your first book, United, but then you would tell me about a new book that was coming out soon. And when is that going to be released? On Wednesday, <laughs> April 1st. April 1st. Yes. Which is so funny because it's April Fool's Day, but it is releasing Fear and Faith releases this Wednesday. I'm very excited. Okay. Fear and Faith. What brought on this book? How did you get to this book in your life? Well, I've experienced 
quite a bit of trials. And um, so I've had four miscarriages, the death of my father and my sister, and I've just struggled with fear. Um, and I, I just, I knew that this is a topic that many women struggle with in particular. Yeah. And um, I wanted to, to take it on because I thought that it could ma- potentially minister to other people who have struggled with fear. And, um, and I know it's just so prevalent. It is so prevalent. I, I would say that this is a huge topic, especially for women. Like I'm thinking in my life, my personal life, um, my husband jokes that I have something called, he made this up, but he says I have worst case scenario disease. Oh yes. He calls it WCSD. And he says that comes out in me and it is in scenarios where I'm being fearful, you know, like I'm afraid the worst thing is going to happen to us. Um, yeah. And so, but it sounds like you've actually walked through some of my worst case scenarios, you know, which led you to write this book. So tell me what was the hardest, I have the chapters here that you wrote. I'm going to read them for the listeners real quick. Fear of man, fear of the future, fear of other women. That's a good one, Trillia. Mm-hmm. Fear of tragedies, fear of not me- measuring up, fear of physical appearance, fear of sexual intimacy, and fear of the Lord. That like covers everything that I can think of in my life that I might be fearful of. Which one of those was the hardest for you to write? Um, fear of tragedy was probably the hardest for me to write because it's the one that I've experienced most. See, I would have thought that that would have actually been easy for you to walk through. So that's interesting. Well, it was, it was the hardest to write yeah. only, only because I was rehashing. It was personal. The, it was personal. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But it was, it was easy to write if you're talking just physical sitting down and writing. Because you lived it. Yeah. yeah. But it, but it was, um, it's hard to rehash, but it's the good news of rehashing is it also reminded me of God's faithfulness. It's one of those, um, yeah, it's one of those things that is, it's difficult, but it's, it's good to remember because God has been faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that was hard to write is the fear of man because it's so humbling because of how much I had struggled with the fear of man. And I was, I'm very honest in this book. I don't want to present it or myself as have arrived because ne- neither are true. Right. And so I, it's, the fear of man chapter was really humbling because um, just as I write, wrote out, all of the different ways that I had, I was so concerned about what others thought of me. Yeah. It was just a humbling exercise, but it was so good because I know God is for me. So who can be against me? So it's just good to be reminded of the truth while writing about difficult things. Oh, that is so good. Now this book, your first book is called United. Am I right? Yes. And that book, I'll never forget you what you told me one time about that book. Um, the book is, what is the little tagline under that book? Captured by God's vision for diversity. Yeah. And it's about diversity. As so I remember one time I was talking to you about the book and I, I haven't forgotten this ever that you said this. And you said, I hope that when my kids are older, they question mom, why did you have to write this book? Right. And I have thought about that forever. And I actually finally, I apologize for this. I finally read that book over Christmas, your book. Yes. Thank and, you. Yes. And loved it. I loved it so much. And in a world that is, you know, Race has been such a topic, especially this past year with everything that has happened in our country. And I was really thankful for your words on it. I mean, I I really recommend it for people to grab and pick it up from like, from a God-centered worldview on race. So I really, really appreciated your book. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for reading it. And, and you were right. Um, I feel, I, I feel like it's kind of one of those books for such a time as this. I just really didn't anticipate that the, well, you can't anticipate that, um, we have so many cases and such division over yeah. the past year. So, um, so I'm, I'm thankful that, um, people are reading it and I pray it's useful. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. And I just watched a video of you and your husband last night on the ERLC about, um, yeah. interracial marriage. Yes. <laughs> Y'all are so cute. Thanks. <laughs> we love each other. I've seen your husband in your pictures before, but it's always fun and interesting to see like the person that's not in the spotlight per, per se, you know, yeah. and yeah. to see them have their voice and talk. So it was so cute. It was fun. It was definitely fun. And I hope you'll do it again for other things. But yeah, it was uh, a joy. Uh, <laughs> you said in there, and I was actually, when I saw the video, I was, I was hoping that this question would have been asked, but you said that you guys haven't really had much pushback when you were first dating. Like I appreciated your husband who was like, no one actually thought it was weird at all that I was marrying a black woman, you know? Yeah. Um, so have y'all always lived in Tennessee is my question. Yes. And you've never had any pushback. Okay. So we have had small pushouts. We had one person, which was so strange, actually heckle us. Oh, what is this? Like 1950? What do you mean? Well, yeah. And the strangest part of it, it was actually a black couple uh -huh. and they were, they were accusing me of, um, being a sellout. Oh, okay. And, and so it was a strange interaction because one, you, you, don't typically see that. Mm -hmm. um, and two, we, we were, we didn't know how to respond. We were in shock. Yeah. So, um, but typically, yeah, generally we, we just haven't received any. Mm -hmm. um, we did go to one community in Memphis where we got a lot of looks yeah. and we felt, we felt kind of out of place. Uh -huh. um, but beyond those things, I haven't experienced anyone, neither of us, um, really, really push on, on our relationship yeah. to our faces. Yeah. We are in the South. So, <laughs> right. Right. You know, we lived in outside of Nashville for five years previous to moving to Austin. And that's when we first started all of our adoption processes. And so our son Deacon was our, is our second child that we brought home and he's biracial. And so his birth mom is white and his birth dad is black. And I remember one time we were talking, they weren't friends. They were like neighbors of ours, you know, and actually this might've been, we already had Deacon home and we were adopting our kids in Haiti, Amos and Story, who are black, obviously they're Haitian. Um, but I remember they were just kind of looking at me like, but why would you do that to your family? <sighs> like they, they even said those words, like, why would you do it to your family? And I remember being so like, I don't know what to say to that. Like, I don't. I don't know what the question is and I don't know what to say, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, honestly, people have asked us, we're pretty far in this transracial family adoption stuff. And people have asked us before if we've gotten pushback or saying, or things said to us. And you know what, Trey, we haven't that much. Oh, that's great. I know. I mean, I feel like sometimes when we're in like small town, Texas, like East Texas or something, we'll walk into a restaurant yeah. and people do a double take. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? Our family looks different. And so I'm, I understand why they're, they're just trying to figure it out, you know, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's okay I, with me. Yeah. I think that's gracious. I think people are just trying to figure out, okay, so, um, and aren't, aren't necessarily 
um, having accusing right. in their in their minds, right. um, and so that's 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 great, and it's so encouraging that you haven't received a lot. Of course, you are in Austin, which is rather it's rather weird here. Yeah, <laughs> we always say that although Austin is not the most diverse as in racial city. Um, it is like just anything kind of goes here, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I do feel like we kind of get more looks outside of Austin, actually. Oh, yeah, know, I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Austin, people do weird stuff here all the time, and so it's just yeah. kind of anything goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Um... So, speaking of race and stuff, I was going to ask you this. When everything in our country in the past year, there's been a lot of division, I would say. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. And so, I love when I see parts of the church stand up and have, you know, great discussions on race. And I've been a part of um, a reconciliation group this past year that has been unbelievable for me. It's been so wonderful um, just to be in a room with women of several different races and to hear and to let us, you know, have good, healthy conversations. Um, and all of us are believers. And so we, they're all based on with that as well. So in throughout this year with these different conversations that we get on in the United States, has that looked any different, um, with your family and how you talk with your kids coming from, a family with a, with both races represented. And here's, this is where my question comes from. I have children in my family that are different races of me. And truly, just honestly, I've had a really hard time talking with them about this. Um, I have talked with my friends and my reconciliation circle, but there's something about that. I just feel like if I don't tell my kids, then they won't have to know. Do you struggle with that at all? You know, I don't, but the, the reason is, is that I just don't want, okay, I do in that I, I wish that I could tell my kids that there's rainbows and right. that the, the world is beautiful yes. and they will stay innocent for the rest of their lives. But mm-hmm. the truth is, is that I don't want my son to be asked questions from his classmates. I want him to know mm-hmm what's going on and when his mommy walks in and if his classmates are start to ask him questions about the, what's going on, I want him to be prepared. Yeah. Um, and so 
So, so we don't go into incredible, they don't know about shootings. Right. They don't know, I mean, they don't know, but they know that, um, they know about the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. They know that, they know that people continue to, to, um, to discriminate and to, to, to hate because of mm -hmm. the color of skin. And so what we typically do is just remind them that we live in a fallen world yeah. and remind them of the way that, that of Imago Day and that God's created them in his image and that he is good. And, and so I just, um, so yeah, we, we just really, we don't, we don't shy away from the mm -hmm. conversation, but we don't tell them all the details. Right. Yeah. That's encouraging. I mean, that's what my friend Tasha has just been encouraging me as well. And, and I think I just have this weird feeling like if I don't tell them, then then this will never happen to them. Then no one will ever discriminate against them. And that is setting them up for failure. It really is. You know, it is. <laughs> I know. Because, I know this. I like well, am preaching to myself all the time, you know, and we yeah, have hard yeah. conversations with our kids about other things. Like my kids all know about sex and yeah. we had a friend die on the mission field and they all know about the dangers of sharing the gospel and unreached people groups. I mean, they know all of those things, but I don't know why this is so hard for me. Because it's so personal. Yeah, it's my babies, you know. Yeah, it's that's personal. Why. Yeah, yeah, and and if I were, if I could imagine, it's personal. You want to protect them, and it's so, it's such a um, ridiculous. And I don't like using the word unfair because, for a number of reasons, but almost an unfair trial. People will not like them yeah. only because of the color of their skin. Nothing to do with anything that that comes out of their mouth right. and that is so hard. That's hard so yeah and so I as a mom I I get it I would be completely yeah. um just it's a horrible thing to have to share that that they could be discriminated against because and they're men that's that's the big thing for me too I don't even fear it as much with my daughter yeah uh, yeah the it's one yeah, it's your one yeah mm -hmm. and so so gosh that's so hard yeah. and so um and with your daughter, there's, there could be other things eventually, but, yeah. but yeah, I, so I, I just, I get it. And I, yeah, I'll pray the Lord gives you faith as you share. And he is like, he's like, I have so many friends that are encouraging me in this and you know, it's just small things. And I'll tell you, yeah. I was telling my girlfriend, this is when it hit me. We were at the MLK parade downtown yeah. um, this past year. And we're just standing there walking with our friends and marching with all the other people in the city. And it was beautiful and wonderful. And some people were walking by and they're like, this is for Michael Brown. And this is for Trayvon Martin. And one of my kids looked at me and said, who are they talking about? And I was just like, you know, I haven't told, I haven't told my kids about any of this. And that was when it hit me. Like, I, I, I don't want them to know. Like I would rather them, you know, and so, and you're right. There are details. They don't need to know, but other things. And I'm learning, I'm learning on this path of parenting. Sure. I mean, and, and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. And we're all learning. I, I, and, and, um, and they will, yeah. Um, if, if it, I, I imagine also just as a mom and just I, I, thinking about my book on fear, I, I have feared because I do have biracial mm -hmm. sweet little babies. Mm -hmm. Well, one of my kids looks, inc looks very white. Yeah. Like he, he could very much pass. And I have feared what, what if he rejects me early, right. later? Now, the Lord has given me faith mm -hmm. to just love him and 
not to be that concerned, but when he was really young, that was a, a concern of my, my heart was fearful yeah. of, of this potential, um, yeah, rejection yeah. because I look so different than uh-huh. he, yeah. um, but God has given me grace. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a fear in our family as well with having so many people look so different. Yeah. But that goes to like everything you, you wrote, your whole book is on fear. I need to read this because I'm looking at every chapter and I'm like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Um, what was writing fear of other women about? Well, I often think that some of our, um, judgment in comparison is actually just being fearful, um, fearful of being ourselves one fearful of allowing others to be themselves. Uh And, and so I, I think what it's, it's, I attack the mommy wars Yes, (laughs) and I, I I just want them to end in the mommy wars now (laughs) because we just need to love one another. We are, we have so much other stressors why in the world would we attack one another? I don't quite understand, but I do get that um, there's there's preferences, and and so I just I write about that that um, that really what we potentially could be is that we're just we're fearing one another rather than just loving and supporting one another and letting each other be open to live the way God has called us yeah. to live, yeah. and and also I think so much of our warring and factions. It's just a confusion about womanhood. Yeah. And, and really God is calling us above all to fear him and all this other stuff. What, you know, each is going to live the way the Lord has um, convicted them or encouraged them to live. Okay. But, um, but really ultimately we just need to fear the Lord. And if we can fear the Lord, then we can love one another and serve one another and live in harmony, though different. Right. So each woman's going to look different. Uh huh. So I just, I really, um, yeah, that's what I, I wrote about mostly. I just read a book a couple of months ago by Melanie Dale, who's coming on the happy hour soon too. And her book is called women are scary. The totally awkward adventure of finding mom friends. And she talks about in there a lot about how sometimes it's hard to connect with other women and she lists all kinds of different reasons and stuff, but, and then talks about how, you know, we're all in this together. Come on people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes too, women, we, I think we struggle too with, and this is, maybe it's just me uh, laying all my sin out for everyone to hear right now. But I think we struggle too with, um, really being happy and joyful for other women in areas of their life where we kind of wish we were there. Yes, I write about that. Yes. uh, And that could be um, jobs, education, children, marriage. It it could be tons of stuff. But I think that's a real struggle for women is really being truly joyful for somebody else. Yes. I actually, um, a section of it, I I wrote about um, how we can label a certain woman the Stepford wife. Oh, yeah. And, And the... And it's almost like a defense. Well, because she looks joyful in her cooking and cleaning, she must just be a Stepford. And so, (laughs) so instead of just rejoicing in our various gifts and we all have, we are all created differently and it's good. And so, 
And so I do, I definitely, I, I, I write about that because I think it's something that we struggle with and social media doesn't oh, help. <laughs> no, um, I was just thinking Pinterest. I mean, I don't, I'm not even on Pinterest. Oh but, yeah. I yeah. go on there and this is what will happen. Trillia, no lie. Yeah. Summer's coming. Summer's approaching, right? So at the beginning of May, I'll go to Pinterest and look at all these fun activities to do with your kids. Cause you know, they'll be home with me 24 seven right. for eight weeks and I'll make all these big plans. And do you know how many we'll do? Like three. Yeah. And they'll look awful and then I'll feel defeated. <laughs> exactly. Well, that kind of, that, that hits on the chapter on measuring up. Yes. Yeah. Because I think so often we just, we just, yeah, we, we put pressures on ourselves that aren't knowing that we don't need to. No. I remember, can I tell you a funny story? Yes. Okay. I remember, um, <laughs> when I first got married. Uh-huh. Okay. So my husband's mother, who is my, one of my best friends is an incredible cook. Uh Oh, I see where this is going. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so when we first got married every night, I would cook a dessert every night. Oh so it was like peach coupler and all this. And, and finally, after 15 pounds later, yeah. he was like, <laughs> he was like, you, you know, you, you don't have to do that. Right. And of course at this, now that I'm 12 years into my marriage, uh, yeah, no, exactly. but, <laughs> but now, I mean, I, I love serving and cooking and it's fun, but I was just trying to measure up to something that I didn't have to. Yeah. And he was, and he took note of it and he was like, uh, yeah, you have freedom. Stop doing that. And, um, but I, and I was, it, there was a heart and desire to serve him, but really I just wanted to impress him yeah. and, and measure up. And, um, and, and it's good for me now, as I know that I will never fully measure up, but, but God does. He measures up on my behalf. Right. And, um, and that's, that's good enough for me. Yeah. And he uh, married you, not his mom. So, you know, he's- Oh yeah. And, and just to be really, really frank, his mom is awesome and I love learning from her. Uh-huh. So I don't like, it wasn't, um, it was just, yeah, he did. He married me and not his mom, but, and, and I, um, and I, yeah, it's been so fun to learn from her. Um, and, and, but it, it was funny to, that is funny. Try. yeah. You know where I feel, I feel this the most in not measuring up. I think I feel this the most in parenting. I feel oh, like yeah. parenting has so many more expectations on it than it did when our parents were parenting. You know, like, I mean, I feel like there's some good things have come over the 30 years, you know, from, I think people have learned things about parenting that are beneficial now, but I also feel like there are so many more, like, like we're supposed to measure up to more than our parents had to measure up with. And I struggle with that. No, I think you're exactly right. I, um, there's a, um, a section about resting in there Mm -hmm. because I think we, I think, um, when we see, the parent who is able to juggle 15 activities and do it all with joy. And <laughs> it can be a temptation to want to, to also do that if, if uh, and, and think it's necessary. Yeah. And then, um, there's, there's just wanting your kids to do well in school and everything. Just, yes. And wanting your kids to obey. And, <laughs> yes. And, um, so yeah, there, it, there's one, um, there's, yeah, I think that's a huge temptation for women. And, and I think, um, we just need to rest and, and trust the Lord, trust the Lord for our kids' future, trust the Lord. It's, but it's hard. And it's something I wrestle with too. And, it's um, hard. 
it's I hard. Think, <laughs> I think it's a learning curve for our kids too. So like for our family, there's four kids in our family. And so we are constantly having conversations with them, like real conversations of, you know, we can't do what your other friends are doing because they have one or two kids and there's four of you guys. Like we just, we don't have the finances, the room, you know, whatever to yeah. do that. And so my kids are even learning not sacrifices per se, but just, this is how our family works. And I hope that they're learning that it's okay. You know, yeah, I asked yeah. my kids the other day, we were in the car driving and I was like, do you like having, you know, fours these days? I have tons of my friends have four kids, so it doesn't seem like a huge amount, but it is a lot of kids. Yeah. And I was like, do you like having four kids in our family? And, and my oldest was like, well, they all said, yeah, because there's people to play with. And that's true. There's all, they always have someone to play with. Um, and then my oldest, he did say this, but he didn't say it in a bitter way. He said it in more of a just, it is what it is kind of way. He's like, but the downside is that we just can't do as much stuff because there's four of us. Yeah. And I was like, I was proud because he wasn't upset because we have these conversations a lot. But then I always, it did kind of punch me in the gut. Of yeah. Sometimes I feel like, man, my kids don't get to do as much as their friends do and blah, 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 blah. They only have one game and instead of all the games. And, but I think it's good for them. You know, they're learning yeah. and we're kind of honest. And so I think it helps me in my struggle too of not measuring up of realizing, well, my family is the most important. So if I want to look like them, then that would hurt my family. And so. That is perfect, and that is um, is what we we each we're we're individual families, so we're we can't we can't try to live and look like everyone else. So, um, and and that's it's so helpful for me to have Thurn, and we we talk about what we we want our family to do and look like, and that's what we do. Yeah, <laughs> because we literally we just can't. And I'm just I'm I'm gifted differently. Okay, so. Here in this area, the area I live in, um, a lot of the moms are um, incredible at birthday parties. <laughs> oh, you're I think not it's like even going to want to hear about my birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, son, we're going to the park. I'll buy you a cake. Play with the bench. You will have a blast. And he does. Yes. But I just cannot. I'm not that creative. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> it's, I just, it's not where I'm gifted. But but we we can enjoy we enjoy a lot of laughter we enjoy various adventures we i will take them to show them um different parks yeah. and we we will draw and we will write and we will create <laughs> though i'm not i can't draw i will look at his drawings yes, <laughs> yes. but i can i am just not it's not my gift to i'm not crafty no, i just can't do it and so but i it's been so good um, since he's been in school to, to really be, to release that, um, anxiety and just to be who I am as his mom and, and just to have fun with what, how the Lord has made me and him and, 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 and to also still go to these parties and, and rejoice in the gifts of these other women. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, I can, it's, it, when we first moved, I was just like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then the Lord just helped worked in my heart and helped show me that I was trying to measure up to something. I, and I don't have to, and it was right. good. It's right. good. We're yeah. the same way with birthday parties. We have lots of friends who they, they, they like rent out places or trampoline houses or whatever. Yeah. And I always just tell my kids, like, we, that's just not a value for our family. Just put our money there, you know? 
And so we talk about that a lot. Like what's a value for our family? A value for our family would be all of us being able to go on vacation versus throwing four elaborate birthday parties. Right. Just a value that we hold. Yeah. Rather than that. And so I think they're learning that as well. But I have a girlfriend. She's my best friend in the whole world. She makes the gifts that she makes for teachers every year are unbelievable. Like she'll send me the picture and I'm just like for a split second mad and then happy and then jealous and then happy, you know, and my gifts are store-bought and I think they're perfect, but she just, but she loves doing that by no means is she trying to be, you know, something she's not. It's who she is. Exactly. And so you can rejoice in that. That's the way the Lord has made her. And if it makes you feel any better, I forget to give gifts. (laughs) (laughs) So at least you're buying a gift. Right. So, so yeah, so it's just, I think I, it's the way the Lord has made her so we can rejoice in that. So good. Yeah. Well, if you forget gifts, truly, you can do what I do. I always go back to my husband's office in his closet and get out CDs of his. So you can give books. I give CDs. You can give books. I can. That's right. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you might feel like you're kind of like tooting your own horn, but they'll love it. You know, you're so funny. Well, you know, it's so sweet. I, I, my son, um, he likes to write his own little books about dragons and other various things. He's very cute. Uh And he, he asked me to give his, his, uh, teacher a book and asked me to, um, to write a little note to her in fear of faith. It was just the sweetest thing. So, so it was a joy to be able to give one actually to his teacher, but it was brought on by him, which He's was proud so, of his mom. It, it was so sweet. I was just, I just was so honored. And so it was just, uh, a sweet memory. <laughs> that is really sweet. He's great. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, <laughs> do y'all have big plans for the summer? Anything? Um, no, I, I don't even know. I kind of <laughs> two months away. I kind of caught you off guard. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are we doing? Is it? Um, well, I think, yeah, I really think because of um, fear of faith coming out, we've been kind of just thinking about April. Yes. And then, uh, yes, but um, my husband and I, this is kind of fun, and it has nothing to do with our kiddos, but we are thinking about taking a trip to New York together. Oh, you totally should, yes. Yes, so I'm really excited about that. So we are hoping to um, get tickets to Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> I love Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, it, he's hilarious. And if we can do that, then I think we're going to do it. But, um, but yeah, so we are talking about doing that. And that is our, the only big summer plan that I can think of. We took a, vac- a family vacation last year, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think we're going to take a big vacation this year. I think we're going to just do small things around here and do a lot of swimming in the pool. That's and so fun, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, we love New York City. We actually honeymooned there and have oh, been fun. back a couple times since then. But I'm a huge fan of husbands and wives getting away without kids. So way to go. Yes, we haven't in a while. Well, that's not true. We haven't va- like left the city mm-hmm. by ourselves in a while. So this will be very, ah, uh, just so fun. And refreshing. Yes. <laughs> this is your second book to release. Is it any, like, is it still, are you still as giddy as the first time? Gosh, yes. And, uh, and still as nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, oh, uh, when you pour out your heart yeah. and words yeah. into something that 
the world, even if it's just a small world, yes. will read. Yes. Um, it's it's so it's a it's a scary endeavor, and you just pray that the Lord would be glorified and that people would be encouraged. And this particular topic is incredibly personal mm-hmm. personal to so many people. Yeah. So I just I am praying that people are ministered to. Um, I, I mean I, I I we I touch on anorexia. I mean just yeah. a lot of really personal um, topics. Heavy topics. Heavy topics. Heavy. Too. Yeah. Yeah, heavy topics that can really. So I am. Um, I love it. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm prayerful, and yeah, I hope people will get it because I remember. I, really I remember the first time I submitted something to someone that was going to be published. Like it wasn't just my blog. Like it was actually going to be in a magazine. Yeah. And I sent it off, and I hit. You know, I hit send, and Ugh. there it went. And I texted Aaron. I was like, I feel like I'm standing naked in front of the whole world. Like I just feel like every. It's like you just put yourself out there so much. Yeah, it is. It's very, very, um, sobering. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's such a joy and so exciting, but it's, it's sobering. I think a lot of people romanticize writing. Uh, (laughs) Let me tell you, if you're listening and you are pursuing writing, uh it is not glamorous, but it is a joy. So, so you sit often by yourself Mm -hmm. in front of a computer typing away, and then you send off your words and you pray that it will be useful and sometimes it is just for yourself but often you're writing because you want to minister to others for sure and then you have the fear of the lord you really want to make sure that you are um writing something that's that's grounded in good truth yes yeah so i just um there's just a lot to think about when writing it's not just like oh Mm -hmm. yeah like you said you hit something and it's like i'm naked yes (laughs) here it is would you say, Trillia, would you say that this book is geared towards women? Yes. Okay. It's totally geared towards women, uh-huh. and I really am praying that women will pick it up. But I think it will be a helpful book for pastors and husbands as well because it's so honest. Right. I have women who are sharing stories, and, and you just – it takes some of the guessing game in the mind away. Yeah. So I, I – and, and just so that as they're ministering to people, they can read, okay, so this could potentially be what's going on. Right. But, I, but it is for women, yes. Okay, great. And people can get it anywhere books are sold? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, <laughs> Maybe. I, well, you, I know you can get it on Amazon, I'm sure, right? Yes, you can get it on Amazon. You can get anything on Amazon these days. So Yes, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Lifeway. Um, and that is, that's where I'm sh- I'm sure of. Right. And, and Moody, yeah. So okay. Lifeway books, like the... The, uh-huh, the bookstore? The store, yeah, they'll have it. Okay, well, I can't wait to read it. Thank you. I am a fan of yours, and so I'm a fan of what you write, and it's all always like based in good scripture. So I love that as as well. It's a good um, Christ centered view. So thank you for putting your words out there. Thank you, and thank you for having me. And um, your support and encouragement has been a, such a blessing. Oh, so fun. Okay, Troya, thanks for joining us on the Happy all Hour. All right. Guys, thanks for joining us today on The Happy Hour. Wasn't Trillia lovely? She's graciously giving away two of her new books that come out today, April 1st. So you need to head over to my website, jamieivy.com. All you need to do is leave me a comment. I'd love to hear what you like about the show, things we talked about. 
And then in a week, I'll pick two winners and each of you will get a new book. Go to my website, tons of links as to everything we talked about, where to get the books, all kinds of stuff like that. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and head over to iTunes and do that. That way, you always have it in your inbox waiting for you when a new one pops up. I want to say thanks to a couple people who left comments for us. Lynn's Huff left a comment on iTunes, and she said, I found the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy a few weeks ago after hearing Jamie on the Influence Network podcast. I've loved each episode of the Happy Hour I've listened to. Jamie has engaging and inspiring guests. The topics range from faith to books to parenting and just about anything else you would talk to your friends about. As a stay-at-home mom, it can be hard to find meaningful connection and inspiration. But the happy hour gives me both. I love to listen as I attend to chores around the house. Makes the time fly and I finish each podcast feeling renewed and inspired. Thanks, Jamie, for all you do. Thank you for that sweet comment. Love it. Lauren Alexander said, love Jamie's conversational style, interesting guests, the topics chosen, and the insight I receive on the most important things in life, faith, family, and fun stuff too. That was so sweet. I love when y'all leave comments. If you haven't left a comment or a rating over on iTunes, it's not just fun for me to read and to share your name on the podcast, but it also helps other people find the show. All right, last one. Kate Johnston Tucker left a, a review over on iTunes. She said, my new favorite podcast Jamie Ivey is a natural interviewer, interesting guest with a perfect mix of deep and fun subject matter. I'm delighted when a new episode pops up. Thanks for the great work. Thanks, guys, so much. And I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. Tell your friends. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. And let me know your thoughts. If you have questions or topics I should talk about with upcoming guests, let me know. And I will see you guys next week. Love the people you're with and enjoy your day. <laughs>